When we share our stories with one another, we inspire each other. We help each other to grow. We also help one another to feel less alone. I'm Amanda Solar. I'm the host of Soulful Connections, and I'm the founder of SoulfulLiving.com. Join me and let's connect. Connection. Every now and then, the Soulful Connections podcast turns into a soulful conversation, and that's just what you're about to hear. Sometimes it's just enjoyable to sit down with a friend and talk about something. This time, I sat down with my bestie, Roseanne, and we talked about how we cope when we're stressed or when bad things happen. And I invite you to listen. I invite you to share your own coping mechanisms. Feel free to send them to me at soulfullife at gmail.com or any other way you can reach me. Social media, you know, the usual. In the meantime, here's how Roseanne and I do it. You know her. You love her. She's been on before. It's my best friend, Roseanne. So welcome to the podcast once again, Roseanne. Thank you, Amanda. <laughs> you are welcome. And, you know, we talk regularly, Roseanne and I, in full disclosure, let me just share that. And the thing that we were discussing recently was just like the way we cope with things. And I thought that that would be an interesting conversation for the podcast. So, Roseanne, I'm just going to start and say... I had said that one of my coping mechanisms is to just pretend everything's okay. <laughs> and for those of you in the listening audience who are like clinical psychologists, you may disagree with that way of behaving, but it's always stood me very well. Oh yeah. So what do you think about that one, Roseanne? Well, I think two things. I think I do the same thing. And a lot of people have said to me, Roseanne, I don't know if you are just the most like positive in individual we've ever met, or if you're just completely delusional, it's hard to figure out. Right. Right. And you know, the other part of that too, is I'm a believer in fake it till you make it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was a hairdresser for a lot of years. And I remember in my early career, really not knowing for sure exactly what I was doing. But I could have let my clients know I didn't know for sure what I was doing. Like, yeah, go in there really pretending like you got this, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, it is true. Fake it till you make it. You just, you know, basically keep going. What other things can I have? just say? <laughs> I have to just backtrack and tell you, because Roseanne and I, for, for those who don't know, have known each other since we were in first grade, five and six, respectively. Yes, Roseanne was five. <laughs> <laughs> I was six. I was the older woman in our friendship. And, um, and Roseanne really, she cut my hair since I was like 15. I would say, Roseanne, I want my hair to be like Olivia Newton-Johns. And she would say, all right. And she would cut it. And that would be that. 
but I remember when you started, you were so young. And I, I remember being awestruck because people would sit down. People are obsessed with their hair and they would entrust their heads to you. And you always looked like you had it under control. Well, the, in the early days, like even back when I was cutting hair before I knew how to cut hair, you don't know what you don't know. That's the yeah. thing, right? So, right. you know, once I went to school and I was like, oh, geez, you know, I didn't know why I was doing the things I was doing. They just sort of visually made sense to me, which is, you know, part of the art of it, I guess. You can see it or you can't see it. You can learn anything, but can you see it without learning it? You know, that's the creative side. But um, but once I learned why I was doing things, it made me a little scared, like, oh, wait, I shouldn't do that. Or, oh, if I do that too much, now I know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, because people cry about their hair. Yeah. Like, you know, it, yes. it's like an emotional thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have a situation, which I've shared with you, where we talked in a different podcast about my daughter being in the hospital. And one time, this one nurse did come up to me and she said, you know, we've been talking and we don't understand why, you know, in your situation, you aren't just relaxing, laying on the bed and just, you know, most of our mothers just, they lay on the bed and they face the wall and they cry. And, you know, she almost said it, like there was judgment that I would smile and laugh and take a walk and get a ginger ale or whatever it was. And I thought, I just don't know how helpful that would be. I think that my coping mechanism is usually to find a solution. And if I can't find a solution, I might wallow for a little bit. You know, I certainly wasn't happy-go-lucky while my daughter was in distress. I had moments of feeling like my skin was peeling away from my body. But at the same time, what am I gonna do? (laughs) You know what I mean? Truly, what are you going to do? What are your choices in that moment? Yeah. 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 I hear you. So coping mechanism one, just pretend it's not happening. That is our advice, people. Or pretend it's just all great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Another thing is I went and heard some woman one time speaking about childhood anxiety. And she basically talked about Um, you know, when you think about something, a problem, you're good for 15 minutes. Beyond 15 minutes, it becomes not solution oriented. It becomes rumination. And, you know, at that point, if you've thought about it and you've worked on it, you know, you've got to put it on a shelf for a little bit and, you know, feed your kids or take the dog for a walk or do whatever it is that, you know, is moving you forward because um, it's actually not really that helpful. I don't think. It's not. And when things are rough, you know, it's, you do have, well, this is a good thing to remember. I think that this is a life lesson, you know, um, there's going to be sorrow and there's going to be joy. There's going to be both. And you got to find a way to get through all of that. Uh, you yeah. got to get through the sorrow so you can get to the joy. And, and you know how it is sometimes when things are really great, um, it's easy. But when things are rough, um, there'll be those happy moments in there. And then you remember the thing that's right. the bad thing. 
And then you just, oh, it's just this weight that comes back on you, you know, like, oh yeah, I forgot that shoot. That's what's really happening. And, um, but you can't stay there. You can't no. stay in that moment. You just can't. Yeah. So that's a terrible way to live your life. Yeah. Yeah. And then coping mechanism number two for me. I didn't even ask you your coping. No, you, you give me a coping mechanism before I jump into my number two. What's another oh, one? I don't know. I mean, the first one was the same as me. I was the same as <laughs> okay, you. Okay, let's see if the second one. I'll bet you the second one is too, actually. Probably. So number two, talk to people you love. Mm-hmm. I mean, that oh. you and I definitely do that, right? Oh my gosh, poor Amanda, yes. <laughs> no, poor Roseanne. And I make the rounds, you know? I really make the rounds. And I, you know, if you are close to me and really in my life, you are going to hear when it's good and you're really going to hear when it's not good. Yeah. Well, I've said this before on your podcast. Who's the first person I call? Oh man, it's yeah. you, you poor thing. Yeah. No, that's an honor. I mean, and that's the thing. It is an honor. I I don't know. We, we also talked about, I don't know that you can have a true friendship if you've never expressed a concern or a worry or that things aren't perfect mm-hmm. because in this life, things aren't perfect. So if you aren't really sharing that part of yourself and that part of your life it actually to me well for what I consider to be an enjoyable friendship or a meaningful friendship it's not really that doesn't really play into it because everything's not good all the time I would be calling you going well Roseanne Mm -hmm. I woke up and had a fabulous day right and I'm looking forward to another fabulous day tomorrow you know yeah who wants to hear that nobody (laughs) and we tell each other the big dramas but we also tell each other the little frustrations or the little like this bothers Mm -hmm. me or this bothers me about me I did this stupid thing or you know I think that's the joy of having people who are really trusted and close to you yeah that don't judge you that's what it is yeah they're not going to pass judgment (laughs) true yeah that is so true that is so true even when you're passing judgment on yourself right absolutely your heart is on yourself without question always absolutely people there's this thing going around and people always say would you talk to your a friend the way you talk to yourself Right. That kind of, that kind of quote, would you, would you talk to your best friend like that? Yes. 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 Don't talk or to your yourself children, like that. you know, mm-hmm. would you talk to your children the way you talk to yourself mm-hmm. most of the time? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. true. It's the self-talk. Yeah. yeah. What you're saying to yourself in your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We it's have not... to be more compassionate. Right. And what would be coping mechanism number three? Sometimes I think coping mechanism three is to just take a day of surrender where you're like, mm-hmm. it sucks. Things aren't good. Roseanne would never do this, but I would go eat some Cheetos. Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Roseanne's go-to move. No, Roseanne but... would go get a ball of wine probably. Right. So that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Whatever it is, that's your thing. Um, You know, just while, you know, I I think we're all entitled to have a day where we just, you know, Mm. give into our, uh, go into escapism. What's your escape 
you know, television or series or book or absolutely whatever, just do it. Mm -hmm. For sure. You You know, yeah, for sure. And then, like we said, too, the other coping mechanism that you and I don't have, but we'd like to have is a therapist. Oh, that's so true. Right. Just, or, or, you know, that used to be a, you know, something if you, when we were younger, oh, I heard somebody had a therapist, you must think, oh, there's something wrong with them for real. But now it's a thing. It's a good thing. It is a Um, good thing. And, you know, I have to say, I still like you know, I think we were in so many ways indoctrinated in so many different arenas and mental health was one of those arenas. You know, we are from the generation and there were many other generations that support this notion of snap out of it. You know, that Mm -hmm. share line from the movie Moonstruck. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I do have a big part of me that is always like, stop it. Whether it's to myself. Yeah, me too. Close to me. Mm-hmm. So I think that I almost do have a block of just like, yeah, no, I got this. I mm-hmm. got this, you know? And I do think that our kids and their kids are going to be so much healthier because having an objective third party, I think would be great. But thankfully yeah. for me, you are my therapist. You're my unpaid therapist. <laughs> I know. Same to you, really. But yeah, it's, but it'd be nice for somebody to give you insight. You know, maybe somebody that doesn't love you because, you right. know, when something happens with you, I feel it too. Yeah, you know, I, yeah I, that's and, very and I true. can get sucked into that, you know, where I'm not really being helpful necessarily because I can't it's I'm just as is true I'm just as freaked out right so, <laughs> that's so, that's really true yeah, yeah. it'd be nice to just have somebody who can perspective give you that perspective and I don't know help you I see agree. it clearly without the emotion I guess without the emotion yeah yeah you know? yeah so let's mm. what, what coping mechanisms do you hate to say Because I know one that I can't stand saying that I'll just tell you because we were talking about it. You know, when people have had a bad day, they've had something bad happen to them and then they come and they're like, they want you to know it and they're like slamming drawers (laughs) and they're like, and then if you say like, good morning, they're like, whatever, you know, And, and I'm always thinking, you know, if you have something bad happening, See, this is where I get like that thing. I, I go suck it up. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be my problem. Yeah. Yeah. But because see, they, the... they pass that energy along. Yeah. Unnecessarily. Yeah. It's not yeah. like it's helpful. They just pass it on. No. But perhaps <sighs> I should be saying, what's wrong? You know? Well, some, yeah, I guess. <laughs> But sometimes I know what's wrong. Well, and that's then I'm right. like, you know, sometimes right. I'm like, yeah, I know this is a bummer. Yes. And still. And I don't know about you, Amanda, but you know, I'll I'll, I'll drop the bomb here. Like this is this can be my husband, you know, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I love that man, don't get me wrong, but sure, you know, he'll come it happened just the other night. I was here with a girlfriend, you know, and 
I was cutting her hair and she, and he came in and he just was not having a great day at work. And I knew all about it already because he had told me, but he came in and he's like, you know, being hard on the cabinets. And I hear him sighing like a hundred times. And, and then he's, you know, talking to himself. I'm like, he, you know, just a minute ago, I was having the nicest little time with my girlfriend here, cutting her hair, having a drink. And he just, <laughs> in and just ruined it. Just ruined it. No, true. His energy was so awful. It was, yes. I felt so tense all of a sudden. And, you know, and, and finally I said to him, you know, I, really, you got to get over it. I know you had this difficult day, but you coming in here, passing all this negative energy along to the both of us now isn't helping anybody. So, so true. Oh, See, my oh. husband, I don't know. He usually directs his, his negative energy at whomever it is that irritated him. So he doesn't usually come in going, I'm so mad because this happened, but he will do this. And maybe it's transference. Maybe it really is that. He will go like, oh my gosh, one of the kids left a dish in the bathroom. <laughs> and he's like, oh, like, I'm like, okay, you know what? We will survive this as a family. I know we yeah. can get through it. <laughs> and then it's like an overdramatic, you know, rendering of mm -hmm. this dish that was, so it, it, that's more what, what he does. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm a big mover. I think I'm a big mover owner, unless I'm very lacking in self-awareness, which I could be. <laughs> well, and it, it's just keeping it in perspective. You know, well, I'll say it. that to Jeff sometimes too, like, dude, what are you going to do when something really bad happens? You know, if you're I like know. reacting like this over the dish left in the bathroom, <laughs> like, I mean, really what's going to happen when something really bad happens. But I will say we've had things really bad happen <laughs> and pretty yeah. much it's the same reaction. <laughs> so I was going to say, please don't tell me he's perfect when something really big happens, no. because I will say my husband is just as bad when something really big happens. Right. So they don't he's, seem to quantify dramatic. it. Right. They don't yeah. want to know. It's like, oh, that was a little it's thing. Gonna, yeah. It's e the, the reaction's the same, whether it's a big thing or a little thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not like that. I got to say that is not yeah. me. You know, if you oh, yeah. see me having a breakdown, you can be pretty sure it's, it's for a big deal. You know, I, yeah. I'm not going to throw a dish across the room. It's going to take <laughs> a lot for that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> oh. Sorry, but I'm laughing just picturing it. You know, you know what's funny to Roseanne as you and I are talking, because we have known each other for so long. We have so many, you know, I'm trying to remember how we got into arguments when we were little. You know, because first of all, what I'm what we're talking about is that there's, you know, that's the way children react when bad things happen it is it is amanda <laughs> you right. know right so that's what's going through my mind and i'm thinking yeah we probably acted a little bit like that you know mm -hmm. when we got into an argument when we were in third grade it yeah. probably looked different than if you were you and i had a disagreement now you don't really right. have that many disagreements now because you know yeah, there's not much really that, you know, we, you know, we could disagree. But when you yeah. took my beanie in first grade, mm -hmm. I will say now that was just, yeah, <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't know. You, okay, so let me explain it. <laughs> let me digress. So first of all, Rosanna and I went to Catholic school. And when we were little in the first 
years of our Catholic school, we not only had to wear a uniform, but we had to wear beanies. And your beanie was on your button. And the reason you had your beanie on your button was because you couldn't go into church without something on your head if you were a girl. Um, which I mean, you explain know, that whatever. to me. I don't know. Right? Know. <laughs> we never asked why that Let's, was the case. Yeah, like, we need to do a whole other podcast yeah. on that one. But anyway, we had to wear our beanies, and so in first grade, I was like excited about the beanie for some reason. Like in first grade, it was exciting. But anyway, you took my beanie, and we were running around, and I was like chasing you, screaming, "Give me back my beanie!" And we did get in. Well, no, you didn't get into trouble because when the teacher said sit down, you sat down and Roseanne had little ringlets and she looked, oh my gosh, so cute. I, I wish that I could post a picture. She just had these little tilted um, eyes and this um, creamy skin and her little ringlets and her mom would usually put a bow and she just looked wide eyed and sat there and I'm stomping over her desk going give me my beanie and I got into trouble so that was a typical fight yeah those were the days you know that was easy (laughs) (laughs) isn't that funny and then we had do you remember our rule that when we got a little bit older when we would fight I do I do I remember we had this plan if we got into a disagreement especially when we were traveling like if we went to the beach together for a week we knew we'd be together every day for a week so when we have a fight and and fight I use that loosely but a disagreement or we're mad at each other for whatever reason we would sit back to back remember we would just sit back to back with each other until we got over it. And of course yeah. you can't sit back to back with somebody touching somebody's back and we can't see each other. So nobody, you can't see your face. And then we would start laughing Do you know, Rosanna, until we honestly, got over it. Maybe we are just like natural therapists. But that was a good skill. I mean, <laughs> because, we didn't know. I gotta say, you know, that was like, that yeah. was a good, that was a good one. That I should tell Victor to do that. That's mm-hmm. what Victor and I should do. Yes. I've been like, Victor, I know you're mad right now and I'll just sit with your back to mine. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my God. You would not do it. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, you asked me, um, what's my least favorite coping mechanism? Yes. Yes. And I really actually have one. It's um, reliving a situation in your own mind after it's already Ooh. happened. And you can't, it's not like you're going to get a redo. You do the redo in your own yeah. head. And, and to me, that is the biggest waste of time and the it biggest is. waste of energy. And it serves no purpose. But have mm-hmm. we not all done it? Where we just got through a 100%. very difficult meeting or conversation. And, and now we're making the whole thing up in a new way in our head, how it, we wished it went. Yep. Like, you know, I the, hope that this oh. happens in the future so that I can, if this happens, I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or you just recreate the whole thing in a different way. And, and that is, that is a big mistake. I mean, I'm, I'm, I know now that you, if I catch myself spiraling into that, like, just stop, this serves zero purpose. We live in this situation. I'm going to tell you my father, I mean, I do it all the time. I still that I don't do it all the time. Let me just say that it, it only, but in, there are certain instances where I can't 
I'm not good at controlling that, but oftentimes I can control it these days because I've lived, you know, many years to work on that. You recognize it. I do. Right. But then there are these certain little things that I'm not healed or something that that's my weak area where Mm -hmm. I still do it. But my father, when we were young adults, my brother, sister, and I gave us this book called Conquest of the Mind or Conquest of Mind by Eknath Iswaram Mm -hmm. and said, you guys, you need to control your mind. Your mind should not be controlling you. Life is better when you control your mind. And he had us all read it. And I do remember reading Eknath Iswaram says, when you're doing that, stop it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always thought that was like the best and funniest advice. Yeah. You know, great to the I point. Thought, oh, stop. Here's going to be my tip. Like, he's going to teach me. And he's like, yeah, stop. Right. And that's it. That's you it. You just have to stop it. Yeah. Recognize you know? it's happening and just stop yeah. and do whatever you got to do to distract yourself out of mm-hmm. that because it serves no purpose. It just yeah. serves no purpose. Yeah. 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 So that's my least favorite coping mechanism. That's a good, that's a good one, Roseanne. What about, we won't do, I, in another podcast, I was thinking we could, t- we could talk about like our life lessons. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could just do one mm-hmm. in this podcast. Like when I ask you, what is something that you have learned from life that you would say to somebody who was asking just for general life advice? You know, never say never and never say always. Yeah. Really, when I hear those words come out of anybody's mouth, really, and sometimes it's in a contentious situation. He always, she she never. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, we, we know that that's emotion just talking right there. And, I'm and there are really, fighting words, really. Fighting words, yeah. And plus- I mean, never say never, because I've said things like, I would never do that. And honestly, oh, yeah. there I am six years later doing it, you know? So um, so there's a life lesson. You just don't know what life's going to bring. So And think about before you had kids. Like, mm-hmm. I would never let my kid or my kid did this. That's I would right. never. And then all of a sudden you have one. Yeah. And it's a different story. Absolutely. Right. Can you hear my dog barking? I can hear your dog. Hi, yeah. Bella. <laughs> <laughs> that's Bella. I think Alan's friend is here. So that's what mm-hmm. she's barking at. So mm-hmm. anyway, she's a little blind now because she's 12. So she barks at anything, any, oh everything. <laughs> Poor dog. Yeah, oh. our, uh, our dogs and she's kind of a discriminative barker. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my one piece of advice, which I have, you know, a myriad, but my first one that really strikes me is that life is supposed to be joyful. I mean, and I don't mean that as a way of saying, so if you're not happy, something's wrong, because of course there are moments where you're not happy. There are moments, things that go wrong, Mm -hmm. but I think Rosanna, that you and I being raised in a church, you know, and it's, it's very much about self-sacrifice and self-discipline and mm-hmm. you know carrying the cross and doing and all of these doer, things that, right yeah mm-hmm. and a server and, is the word uh, being a server, a server. and and mm-hmm. almost like if you're too happy you know you might not be doing enough right and 
I do remember when I learned so many of my life lessons, which is when my daughter was in crisis, um, thinking, yeah, I'm actually allowed to be happy. It's not like I deserve bad things. I think that's maybe what it is. I mm. think I grew up thinking, well, if something bad happens, I must have done something to deserve it. Yeah. You know, that's mm-hmm. the universe punishing me because I did such and such. And well, we I grew up with think... penance, you know, remember? Yes. We grew up yes, with yes. penance. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. So yeah, it yeah. sets your mind like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. There's a lot of guilt. Yeah. And I think I'm probably not articulating it very well, but what I'm trying to say is that we're here. We're supposed to be here. You're here on the planet. It's for you. Enjoy it. Enjoy your life. You're supposed to. Right. You're special. You're worthwhile. You're deserving of all good things. There's something where people just, for whatever reason, we human beings have a struggle with our worth. Mm-hmm. Are we worth that good thing happening to us? Are we worth this? And yeah, you are. You are worth it. And you're worth a wonderful, beautiful, powerful, joyful life. Yeah. And if bad things happen. And they it will. doesn't mean. And they will. And they will. When bad things happen. That's right. When it's is not the, right the universe punishing you. Mm-hmm. It's not anything you did wrong to deserve it. Right. It's just that's life and you handle it and I I don't know that somehow always struck me and I had to come to that realization and I don't think I knew that I was thinking anything other than that Mm -hmm. until I realized oh wait it's all right to be happy yeah you know um you're designed with happiness in mind Mm -hmm. you know yeah. So that's kind of Absolutely. one of my life lessons. Right. Did you ever watch the um, TV show, Doc Martin? No. It's placing Cornwall and it's about a surgeon who can't do surgery anymore. So he becomes a family practitioner in Cornwall, England. And he's he must be autistic or something is the only way to explain it. But he says the funniest thing you know, and he's very deadpan, you know, he's not really a smiler. He's not really a happy guy. He seems miserable. But of course, as you watch the series, you, you become to, he's very endearing. Um, but he used to say, what's the, why is everybody striving to be happy? What's the big deal with happiness? Like what's wrong with all the other emotions? They're emotions. The, why is happiness like at the top? Why do we have to be happy? Why do we strive to be happy? Why is everybody trying to be happy? You know, the other emotions are equally as interesting is what he was saying. And it was just something that kind of caught me, you know, and thought, you know, there, that is true. That is true. Yeah. So we do have to find a way to live with all the other emotions too. Maybe the ones we don't like. Yes. Yeah. I have to really work on that line because it's not, because I do, I do sound like I'm trying to tell everybody to be happy all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I think I have to like examine that. I'm really well, just kind of saying. Positivity more than happiness. Yeah. Maybe. Or you deserve happiness. You're not going to mm-hmm. get it every mm-hmm. five minutes, but you do deserve it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but guess what? You're also, you know, you're, you're going to get the gamut. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And, you know, I did have, um, I did have a good 
not, not a therapist friend, you know, who once said to me too, I don't, I think I was explaining an, an issue that was going on in probably my family. And, and she said to me, you know, Roseanne, this is not your problem. Ooh. You're carrying this problem. She said, it's like you've walked through a grocery store and you took somebody else's cart and filled your cart with their stuff. And now you're pushing it around. You didn't create this. You don't have to fix this. You don't have to carry it, you know? And, and I think that that's a big mistake that a lot of us make is carrying a problem that isn't really ours in the first yeah. place to fix or carry. And we do that a lot with our children, you know, that's oh, yeah. for sure. But it's by design, I think, because we have to in the early days, you know, because they're children. But as they yeah. get older and they make mistakes, we have to be able to say, okay, well, you're going to have to live that now. But and I've we been, do it with our husbands. Yeah. You know, we right. do. Yeah. Right. And even our own things. I think sometimes we have to look at what we're carrying and realize, you know, my brother one time said to me, believe it or not well whatever maybe I won't go into that exact <laughs> story okay I'll just I'll just say it I'll just say this story so I was pregnant with Julie at 43 and for some reason Roseanne well number one I had just gone through this humongous drama with my other child which took years to um kind of get out of this health crisis and and we didn't really get out of the health crisis we're still getting out of the health crisis yeah, but it took years to get it manageable right to get it mm -hmm. manageable and we were on an every two hour schedule and oxygen and you know worry and fear and all of this other stuff and so she gets to be three and we're like all right there's no ng tube we're off oxygen you know we're doing all right and then see all that 12 years of school of Catholic school didn't prepare me, I guess, for how, what it took to get pregnant. So I found myself pregnant at 43 and I was like, whoa, I am so freaked out. And I was freaked out. A, I was worried. I thought, mm -hmm. what is this going to mean health-wise? B, I went through this weird period. And now I look back and I think, what was that about? And I think it might've been hormones, but I was embarrassed. I was like, mm -hmm. I shouldn't be having a baby at 43. Like, how can I tell people this? For some reason, this was just embarrassing, which honestly, truly, if you're ever listening to this podcast, it's such a gift and I'm so thrilled and it's such right. a beautiful thing, but this was in the early stages of this pregnancy. So I decided I'm just not telling anybody about this mm -hmm. oh yeah and I didn't I so relate to this I had one of these too remember yeah, that's true so I just didn't tell I didn't anybody. even tell my husband <laughs> I told him for the longest time and I was like you're gonna handle this just as well as I am oh my God. but I remember I told my brother and I cried I was crying I said I have something to tell you and I was in my car and I was like, and he is like, whoa, what is she going to tell me? And I told him, he's like, oh, gosh, I thought you were going to tell me you were dying of cancer. Mm. And I said, no, but, you know, I'm kind of embarrassed. And also, what if it's a boy? They look so exhausting. I look at them on the playground. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm tired. And he said, okay, I'm going to tell you a couple of things. He said, number one, 
if you have a boy, they don't come out men. <laughs> they come out babies. And what you do is the same thing for boy babies you do for girl babies. You know, you put their diapers on and that kind of thing. And he said, and number two, Amanda, when you shut the door to your house and it's you and it's Victor and it's your two daughters, what do you think about this? And I said, you know what? I love it. When I mm -hmm. shut the door and I don't have to face anybody else in the world, I think it's wonderful and beautiful. And he said, well, then that's all you need to know. Nothing else matters. Nothing right. else matters. And that was such a le lesson for me because mm -hmm. I, I always am learning and relearning and then learning again, not to put such weight upon what people think of me. And even though I sometimes think I am good at it, I always have a vestige that is not good at it at all. Yeah, and I that's think every, that everybody has that, Amanda, for sure. Yeah. Everybody's got a yeah. little bit of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're always trying to work on the court of public opinion, you know, making that not matter to us, but it, it always does. It does to everybody. I feel like that's part sure. of the grocery cart. You know what it I mean? Is. I think that's yep. what we're carrying. That's what you made mm -hmm. me think of with the grocery cart. Yeah. You made me think, you know, when we were putting their opinions and if you take out their opinion, then look at the problem. Right. You know, yeah. and it could still be a horrible problem. It could be a life-threatening illness. It could be, you know, there's so many things it could mm. be, but certain problems are not as big when you just start thinking when I shut my door and sometimes I take that little thing my brother shared with me and I think what if I shut the door by myself mm -hmm. not even the five of us that's as a right. family that's right yeah you know then mm -hmm. how am I doing right and oftentimes I myself can handle it right then you know how you really feel about it you know yeah. deep down yes. how do you really feel about it yeah, yeah, drill it, drill it down. But yeah, you know, the and the problem thing, it's, you know, the problem thing, you can take that into business too, because I've seen it, um, you know, as a business owner, I've seen in meetings where my employees will come to me with a problem and I'll know for sure it's not their problem. They're fighting somebody yeah. else's battle here. The other person is not brave enough or, or whatever to, to bring this to the table. So they're, they're going to bring it for them. And I've really learned to say, especially even in business, is this your issue? Is this happening to you? Is this your problem? Because yeah. um, most of the time they'll be like, well, no, this, I really haven't had this happen. Well, then I don't really want to discuss it with you then because it's, it's not an issue for you. So because often we take somebody else's problem and we fight their battle for them. Yeah. And, and, and that's a mistake. That's a mistake. Cause if they're not yeah. brave enough to fight their own battle, then you shouldn't be fighting their battle for them. Oh honestly. yeah. That's uh, that is true. That is true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have that personality that takes up a sword for other people very much. I right. very much do that. You know, or they, you know, there's sort of a righteous type of person that, yeah. you know, I'll, 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 I'll tell her that about that. I'll, yeah. you know, yeah. but you, but you know, you know, you know, it's not their own, their own problem. So you can't yeah. fight somebody else's battles because you don't really know what it is. No, no, you know? no. You just it's know true. what they said. Yeah. It's true. But. Yeah. I think, I think with, with so many things, even little issues with work, you know, or with a meet, 
you, if you kind of go, oh, I have to tell, you know, I guess uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, they're the worst. When, when you take away mm-hmm. and surrender, okay, I might be hated at the end of this. They might not have a level of respect for me, whatever. If you kind of put that to the side, I feel like you can kind of handle anything. Yeah. And the question I always ask myself, especially in business is, does this need to be said? Yeah. Because if I can say, well, not really, I could let it go or it doesn't really need to be brought up. I I let it go. Or if I'm overthinking it, if it's something I'm overthinking and overthinking, um, even if it's a social media thing, like a post, if I'm overthinking it, that says to me, don't do it. Don't post it. Don't say it. Don't go there. That's so true. Oh yeah. If social media is calling, causing you any consternation. Yes step slowly away from the social media, you know, it really shouldn't be, even if, you know, I've heard people go, I'm getting so mad because people are posting such and such. And I think either hide them from view. Mm -hmm. If you need to unfriend them or just get off like you, it should not be. No causing you stress because it's oh, and sometimes you need a break life. from it in certain times yeah. of your life you do sometimes oh, yeah. you need a break from it you do yeah. and and the other thing is you shouldn't be tapping it regularly like mm-hmm. I kind of remove it from my phone and go into what I need to do yes. at this point because I'm a tapper and if I'm bored if I'm waiting in line and I have it mm-hmm. on my phone I'm just gonna scroll mindlessly and that leaves me feeling not good. I'm not, I'm not good when I'm scrolling anything Mm -hmm. really, you know? Right. So, uh, you know, there's so many things. I don't know when the pandemic happened, I started saying to myself, you know, create before I consume Mm -hmm. because everything when during the pandemic had to be created, you know, you at during the shutdown, you're you know, most of us were in our homes if we were lucky enough not to be in the, um, like, you know, healthcare profession or whatever it was that we were. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you had to create and, and produce something. Mm -hmm. So I just said, don't wake up and just start consuming yeah, because that is a horrible feeling. Right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I hear you. I know. But we've given so much advice. We should be like, dear, <laughs> you know how there was dear Abby. I don't know if she still exists. Dear Roseanne and Amanda. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, like I always tell people, we always have something to say. <laughs> oh, we do. I mean, and if you ask me for advice, I'm going to give it, you know, right. all the oh, time. And if tell you, you what I think. For advice, I'm going to give it. <laughs> yeah. Take it or leave it. I'm going to tell you what I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so true, Amanda. But, um, oh, gosh. And there is so much to talk about. I mean, there's so much, there's so much from the outside world to talk about. I mean, all the madness that's going, you know, going yes. on and, yes. you know, politically and all, it's just so much yeah. to talk about. You could just keep going and going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I think too, at some point, you know, with all of the politics and all of the rage that's happening, I think sometimes the best thing to do is to actually take action mm-hmm. in whatever it is that you feel needs to ha- mm-hmm. have action because you can only talk so much. Yeah. And 
if you're talking to the same people about the same things, saying the same things, that's actually probably a lot of that yeah. rumination that we're doing. Right. And, yeah. And I love that line, you know, have you prayed about it as much as you've talked about it? Yeah. And, and by prayer, I can use that term a little loosely, meaning, you know, for me, it, it might be prayer to a higher power, but by prayer, it might be just contemplation yeah. and consideration. But yeah. have you prayed about it as much as you've talked about it? You know, and Maybe I not. no, I was in a meeting the other night about an issue that is concerning. And I have this friend who, who made something really powerful and great. So I, I was in a meeting where we are raising funds to handle this problem that exists in our world. And, you know, you're in this, this meeting, Zoom meeting it was, and, you know, you're looking at people who care and are kind and are actually taking their time to do something good for other people. Mm -hmm. And then just today I had a meeting with um, somebody I know who is in development essentially for the Make-A-Wish Foundation. And, you know, he, oh my gosh, he's, he was amazing and he's doing something. And then the great thing about connecting with somebody like that is that he said, here's how you can help. So I do think if you're at the point in this world, it is scary, like it's scary, you know, and it's troublesome. And there is so much fear and rage. And what I'm learning is fear and rage are powerful motivators when it comes to voting. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. the people who are the most enraged, rightly or wrongly, are They're out heading there. out to the balls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, but I think when it becomes overwhelming, your best step is to take a step. To right. take a step, whether it is to I don't know, take care of a child and, mm -hmm. that needs taken care of um, or joining forces with somebody that is working on something. Sometimes I say to myself, when I've read about atrocities committed against the helpless, like children, I think, well, I have to really be better <laughs> and love my children even in a better, more powerful way and, you know, be more present with my family. That's, I can't sometimes fix some of the atrocities in the world, obviously. So sometimes yeah. I have to just bring it home and try to be my best self there because it can, that can be overwhelming too. Yeah. talk about your shopping cart, you know, mm -hmm. that's right. And that's yet right. my mom used to always tell me, um, when I was little, she would say, if you can look at the news and if you can see people harmed or hungry or hurt and you don't feel anything, that's a problem. Right. You're too detached. You're too yeah, detached. For sure. And so at the same time, it's, it, it's a balance. You know, you want to recognize your own humanity. You have to right. find your own humanity. We're given this world. We're here. Mm -hmm. We're human. You know, you're invited to be human. So be human, be fully human. And to be fully human, you have to be present. And I think if you're present and seeing an atrocity, you have to feel it. You can't really change it unless yeah. you feel it. And, you know, we might as well try to make the world better, right? Right. Absolutely. I mean, Even in the not? smallest ways. Yeah. Yeah. 
one by one, you know, person by person that you're interacting with, even on a daily basis. You know, I try to do that at work. Anybody I interact with, I just think, okay, you know, that is a small thing, but it matters. Yeah. Yeah. Not saving the world, but you know, I'm making sure my interactions with all my, you know, coworkers and employees are kind, you know, and compassionate and just start it at home. Just start it right where you are. It's very true. Yeah. Well, you don't have to really overthink it, but yeah. Well, it was fun to talk to you, Amanda. It was fun to talk to you. (laughs) Thank you for hopping on. I really, I really appreciate it. So I think that if anybody else has any like great coping mechanisms, we can all use them. Then I invite you to send them to us or, you know, invite yourself on the podcast and we'll talk about it. Or if you disagree and you think stomping around and slamming cabinets is a great coping mechanism, feel free to let us know. <laughs> well, it does prevent you from holding it inside. I'll give you that. I mean, yeah, it is. I, it is I never that. recommend holding it inside, but, uh, or maybe I do sometimes. I, do too. I think keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? If it's something small that's making you crazy, then keep it inside. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Don't feed the world that negative energy. <laughs> no, not for that, you know? <laughs> oh gosh. Store it up for something big. Exactly. Well, thank you. All right, honey. Talk to you later. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Giant thank you goes out to show advisor, Roseanne Griffiths, the talented musician, Bill Aronson, who wrote, produced, performed the Soulful Connections theme song. And a thank you goes out to Brad Sanders for creating the Soulful Connections logo. Love it. That's new this year. So much gratitude to these guys and to my friends and family who continue to listen and guide me. And once again, to you for listening. I would love to hear from you. Please shoot me an email at soulfullife at gmail.com. That's S-O-L-F-U-L-L-I-F-E at gmail.com.